This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer along with a free audiobook at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 30. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. Today we are joined by Pastor Tim Dregemiller. He is the pastor of Living Faith Lutheran Church in Cumming, Georgia. Pastor Dregemiller, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you, Nicholas. Help orient our listeners. Where exactly are we in Georgia, especially perhaps in relation to other major cities that they might know? We are in Cumming, Georgia, which is about 45 minutes north of Atlanta, so kind of at the base of the Sawney Mountains. Um, it's a bedroom community for, for a lot of people in Atlanta, and uh, it is a very thriving Atlanta metro suburb. Okay, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you uh, came to Cumming. Received a uh, divine call from Living Faith Lutheran Church about 14 years ago uh, when they were meeting at 151 Samaritan Drive, a little funeral home, buyer's funeral home. There's probably about 30 saints there. And so they they called me. I was an associate pastor at Grace Lutheran in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, wrestled with that call. And it seemed very obvious that uh, the Lord was putting us up there. So answered that call to to help to have a kind of a mission restart um, here here in coming. And so it has been a marvelous journey of walking by grace through faith since then. Fantastic. So tell our listeners a little bit more about what are some of the best things about the the area. Uh, definitely some of the best things about the area is uh, that people are very friendly. Uh, people are easy easy to talk to. I, I think even though you know there's a there's a sense of busyness the closer you get to a metro area, people are always going somewhere. They're very high functioning. But I think we're far enough out from the uh, the perimeter of the ring that there's a little bit of a slowdown there. People value. Uh, relationships they do value family you know they have struggles they uh, as all all people do um there's also uh, there's plenty to do around here uh, you can go into the city you can go into atlanta there's all sorts of things that um are, are worth seeing whether it's sports entertainment education and then um if anybody likes to get outdoors you guys in the northwest know all about that if you like to go hiking if you like to go uh, tubing. Um, we got we've got all that in the North Georgia mountains as well. We just don't have the coast, so we don't have the ocean that we can get to. But we've got Lake Lanier, so a lot of people uh, kind of take up lake life and uh, enjoy jet skiing and, and boating and all those sorts of things too. I see. So as you were saying, it's kind of it doesn't have the sort of frenetic pace of the metro area then. Yeah, we're. I, I would say. I mean, people are very high functioning. Uh, people really value, you know, productivity um, to a fault sometimes, performance to a fault. But I think we're enough out that uh, 
people aren't completely enmeshed in the rat race at all times. Yeah. That makes sense. So they breathe a little better. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good deal. What are some of the challenges about about that area? Uh, in terms of just uh, the climate for the church or... Um, Either way, just things that if somebody was, say, considering a job offer to the coming area that, you know, we've we've told them about these good things and they're like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. What is kind of the the other side of the coin, either in terms of the church atmosphere or the um, social atmosphere? What are some of the things that the people should be aware of? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, just human beings being what they are, um, we are sinful to the core of the tree and... Um, so even though things can be looking good on the outside, uh, people can be productive on the outside. People can be um, educated, uh, great musicians, high high functioning, um, killing it in their work, whatever. They still got issues. They've still got problems. Um, so things are always, even if they're being built up, they're crumbling. They're always in a state of decay. So just because a family has come here, and somebody got a good job in that family and they want to raise their kids right doesn't mean you know things going right um so i i just you know the normal pitfalls are there um and i think there's a lot of um there's kind of a lot of me centered me myself and i centered spirituality kind of uh, that classic theology of glory how how can you live the victorious life instead of living by the cross and sometimes people get hooked with that because then it becomes about, well, my experience, what I want. And that a lot of times it ends up to, uh, you know, a family gets splintered. Uh, it can lead to a divorce. Uh, kids want to do what they want to do. And so even though people value family, I would say largely in this area, it doesn't mean that they got all the wrinkles ironed out. Um, so people need the gospel just like every other place on the planet. Um, I would say in terms of, you know, things to watch is, you know, because people are well-educated, they're high-functioning, idolatry of choice always comes in, whether it's, you know, your marriage, whether it's your, your kid. People can be kiddo-centric instead of Christocentric. You know, their their lives, so they, they there's such an emphasis on performance and doing well and being good and getting the good grade, whatever your area is, that, um, again, the law will crush. law will crush. Even when they're man-made laws, um, we, you know, we can't even take our, our own advice, let alone live by the Ten Commandments. So um, I think secretly a lot of times we, we are definitely seeing this as we interact with people in the church. People are hiding and masking their brokenness. Um, still going to church sometimes, and uh, uh, but there there's definitely a lack of substance in terms of the um, you know the teachings of justification. Okay. S scriptural narrative, what it's really about, life in and by and under. The wood of the cross, um, the cross of Christ, um, baptism, holy communion, absolution. These things, there's definitely a void of the, the incarnational touch and presence of 
uh, God's grace. And so people are, are, are often living very, quote unquote, successful lives without these certainty. That's that's the pitfall that you know, I think we are facing and seeing. Yeah, definitely. So would you say that it's especially we talked a little bit off air uh, before we started recording about the kind of prevalence of the theology of glory. So am I hearing you say that because that's so prevalent in that area that it really appeals to the the sort of successful person and then that they're even more likely to be drawn away by that false teaching? Um, I, I would, I would say so. Um, you know, it's like, eating cotton candy you know you don't know it's going to just turn your stomach uh later that night you just keep eating it as a kid it feels good at the time right (laughs) precisely um and uh so there's there's a lot of uh um things that kind of there's a there's a gnosticism so a kind of a denial of god's ability to work within his created order and so that's some of the cotton candy strain um there's this marcionite uh, belief people don't know it's uh, Marcionism, but um, which is a denial of the Old Testament, set it aside, which is really funky if you think about it. Yes, yeah, set aside uh, Genesis one and two, right? God living with His people in community because He's created them, uh, you know, um, in His image because He's a giver and a gracious God, or you know, um, the fall and the sin, or the first promise, and you know. How do you live without Ten Commandments or the faith of the patriarchs? You know, so there are there are things like that that people they hear it. Um, it's like the cotton candy of the day. Like, uh, oh, you know, all all that matters is that you know uh, the New Testament, um, and they think that that's quote unquote the gospel, but it's actually the gospel plus um, you living victorious life. It's you, uh, the cross plus, and this is how you do it. And uh, th- all you have to do is accept. All you have to do is choose. All you have to do is, um, you know, stop being bad or whatever it is. Um, so there is, uh, people get caught up into it. Um, there are people that think they handle it. And uh, pride comes in and they live by pride. Um, and uh, like all righteousness is filthy rags. I mean, the scriptures are clear. Um, it would be a horrible way to go through life to think that you've got what it takes when it's just filthy rags. So some are really fooling themselves. Um, but I think the majority of people realize that, uh, you know, even as they measure themselves against the law, they're getting crushed by it. But it's, you know, it's hiding in, in here. They're not letting it show. And so we've got a lot of work that we're doing. Our, our people do a lot of work in their callings and their vocation. Um, every day, all day long, they're just, most of them are just, they listen to people, and then they um, share the word of the Lord, share the forgiveness of sins in Christ. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of rambled a little bit there, but I, I, no, I'm, getting in the, I'm getting in the in the parking lot, if not in the, in the game. But. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about comparing and contrasting the places you've been. You mentioned being in Jacksonville, Florida with coming and some of the other places that you've lived, what are some of the, the ways you'd contrast those either for good or for bad? Um, you know, I've been in, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and then South Texas. Uh, they're, they're, I would say Jacksonville and Georgia are pretty similar. 
there's a joke that uh, Jacksonville is the part of Georgia they threw away. And so, you know, so, <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's a coastal city. I do think in Jacksonville, there, there's a lot more of a family breakdown that like the, the families are a lot more fragmented and splintered. Hmm. Um, and, uh, not as high a level of emphasis on, on education and, you know, culture and uh, music, in, in my opinion. I mean, people would probably, um, they could make their points why they would disagree. But I would just say that uh, there's there's more of a breakdown of the family. Here in Georgia, people do they kind of value those, you know, those family values. And uh, that that's dear to them. You know, we have had a larger, I would say, historic Christian presence in the state. Not always a clear articulation of the gospel, but at least, you know, uh, the biblical faith. Um, so uh, going to South Texas, I think uh, there was, uh, it, was a, it was a great, uh, great culture. I, um, I would say probably... 85% of the people that uh, we we lived with were from Hispanic background, uh, probably, you know, 10 or no, 12, 14% um, white. Um, and then, you know, 1% people from all over the place. But uh, it was a laid back culture. It was a laid back culture. Family really mattered. Um, so, um, like all of our family was from uh, our Redeemer Lutheran Church, like our family in Christ that we kind of hung out with, which they didn't even have an English service. They just uh, had a Spanish divine service and uh, things like that. But that kind of was our, 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 our family, our home away from home. Um, you know, I, I was still a, a pastor at uh, a great parish, St. Paul Harlingen, but a lot of our closer friends, we were just hanging around with um, the uh, Escobar family. And uh, so they would get together every weekend, every weekend. I mean, um, you know, it's somebody's nine month birthday. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's have, let's have barbecue. So it, we love that culture. It was so laid back. It was, it was, it was great. So Georgia is definitely, I mean, people do get together but I, I don't like you said. They, they, I don't think they breathe very often. I don't think we breathe so much, um, not as much as we should. So, I see. Okay, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. A lot of us have a lot of downtime right now, and there's been no better time to start a new audiobook with a free trial from Audible. You get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep even if you decide not to continue with their service. So far as books you can check out, I'd recommend looking into Luther's Bondage to the Will. That's on Audible that you can pick up as your free audiobook. But if you don't like that one, you can always choose a different one from their plethora of options. So go ahead and go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook today. Let's get back to our guest. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the what it's like to be a Lutheran there. We've already touched on and talked 
quite extensively about that theology of glory and kind of the the contrast. Um, but I want to first start with kind of the general question, which is looking at it from the outside, a lot of people think of the Southeast as kind of the Bible Belt and everybody is a Christian and um, that's kind of seeped in there. But of course, stereotypes are not are sometimes not true. Uh, what would yeah. you how much of that would you say for you in your context in coming? How much of that is true and how much of that kind of Bible Belt atmosphere comes through? Ooh, you know, there, there's a there's a residue of the Bible Belt, but I'll say the buckle on the Bible Belt has slipped. Um, I think a lot of times uh, Grandpa and Grandma might be fooling ourselves where, you know, uh, little Junior's actually living, where life's really going on for, you know, um, their, their relatives. Hmm. Um, the secular culture is, is bellowing, you know the secular giants down in the Valley of Elah and he's making a ton of noise and people are getting caught up into that. I think a lot of times um, what we're seeing is the people that used to be strong Methodists, strong Baptists, and, and they had some biblical anchoring, you know, they, they, they gathered for the preaching of the word and there was some sort of a community there. They now go to the big non-denom for a while. Um, and there's more of the emotional thump you know, they get the the the, the, the rock and bass, and you know they get that uh, cup of coffee in their hand, and they love the atmosphere. But it doesn't last long. I mean, how do you live? How do you live on that? You know, how do you live on a spiritual high when you hit the valley of the shadow of death? Um, and so they are emotionally attached to something. They set their affections on the feeling of being Christian, um, and then. Life does what it does, takes you out at the knees. And so then they think that Christianity was about them having that marvelous moment, them feeling good. And they turn their back on the, the version of Christianity that they thought was real. But it was a version of Christianity that did not include a cross. And so they blame God, they blame the church. And then literally, it can take one generation or two generations. They are out of the church. Mm. Um, and so once once it happens, once they think Christianity is feeling good, um, it's almost like an atheist factory. So people go to the big thing. They love it for nine months. It's awesome. They invite all their friends for nine months. And then, then comes the miscarriage. Then comes, you know, their... 16-year-old is an addict. Um, whatever the situation, they get divorced. Um, cancer hits. And they don't know how to take it. And uh, so they're not prepared to ride the waves that are hitting them. Um, and it is it is literally um, making all of our mission work harder. Because um, these families that were dear families, all these little churches all around, um, they're all pooling at the big megas, and then the megas, they look big. They look like they're, quote-unquote, growing. But the, if you will, the, the true church is dying, even as that, quote-unquote, visible church is, is growing. It's feeding off the, the little congregations for the most part. So enter Lutheran theology. Um, this, this is what's beautiful about what the Lord has given us scripturally. Um, 
The last thing we would want to do is give anybody instability. The last thing we would want to do is copy the world around us and try to be more like them. The last thing we would want to do is set aside the invocation or the confession of sins or the absolution. Um, these are the life stream and the bloodstream of our pattern of worship, uh, our manner and our rhythm of life. So um, what we have found that as we embrace these good things that the Lord has given to us, um, we just have to be his people. Uh, we're saved by grace. We have this confidence. We know that we're forgiven. Whether we're feeling awesome or not, we believe in the blood of Christ that purifies us from all sin. So um, just a clear articulation of everything that is already in the Bible and everything we believe as Lutherans is really all that's necessary here. Um, and uh, we trust the Holy Spirit to do, do, to do the work. Um, what we found is that plan A is, is broken. And then once we realize plan A is broken, then we go to plan B and try to do something again. Plan B is broken. And then we try to do plan C. And we found out that plan C is broken too. Our visions, our dreams, whatever we wanted to do, it's broken. And it's always been broken. What is not broken is the word and the sacraments of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's not broken is the enduring, abiding, eternal, imperishable word of God. The word of God with water. The word of God with bread and wine. So um, that's where we're living. Um, and, um, you know, you know, God's will be done. Glory to God for what he does. So, Amen. Yeah. So briefly how how aware are people of lutheranism and would you get strange looks what's what's that like yeah um are you all the ones that handle snakes i don't know um, what what's a what's a lutheran are, are you guys like the jehovah's witnesses so these are the sorts of things that people ask us um and uh we we have all sorts of fun ways to talk with people and we'll, we'll take any bullets any day long and it's it's it really helps us um it helps to be the turkey of the turkey shoot because you're, you're getting attention so if, if as long as you don't end up dead right <laughs> that's right you gotta know how to dance but um for instance if somebody says you know what what is it is that like you know the mormons i said um have you ever heard of the reformation um, and it'll say something like, mm, yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll say the, the long, short and long, short story of this thing is that a guy by the name of Martin Luther rediscovered the gospel. The people are saved by grace through faith. That gift, uh, that gift of faith is free. Um, no one has to do anything for it. Uh, no one is saved by observing the law, only by the grace of God. And he got kicked out of the church and everybody else quit. So we're the guys that got kicked out. Um, that's kind of how we, we say it. Um, so we, we, we tell them that we were, we were the, the true Protestants who protested the abuses of Rome and got excommunicated. Um, and uh, so there's other things we say, too, because, um, you know, I was sharing with you that um, uh, the largest uh, non-denom around here has all these sites and it pumped into our communities all across North Georgia through um, one dude's hologram. And I know it's hard for people to understand, but I mean a hologram. Like, um, And so 
literally when people are talking about this particular uh, affection that they have for this place, it's, it's, it's for the person. And they say, well, I go to, uh, I go to Andy. Um, I go to see Andy on, on the weekend. Um, and we're, we're like, you go see who? And they go, oh, I, I, I see Andy. Um, and we just ask him again. When you go to church, you go to see Andy? And they go, yeah. And so, like, if I'm talking to somebody, I'll go, oh, yeah. I go, I go to see, uh, I go to see Jesus. Um, you know, the pastor, you know, he's trying to do the job, he, but he's he's just a sinner. But I'll tell you, if you come to our church, Jesus will actually show up. He will actually show up in person, flesh and the blood. And I'm, I'll, I'll warn him, I'll say, you may not know when, not yet. And you not may not know why, not yet. But I promise you that if you come to our church, Jesus will show up in person. I mean, not, a, not even a hologram of Jesus. Jesus will actually show up. And they're like, whoa. So we're, we're gritty. Um, we're, we, we can't hold back. Um, you know, the whole narrative is so messed up. And the narrative that we live by is sin and grace. And so um, it, it really is a blast. It really is a blast. Absolutely, so. yeah. It's a great way to articulate the faith and the, the hope that we have in the Word and the sacraments. So let's pivot and talk a little bit about what it's like to raise a family there. Uh, uh, well, um, I, I will uh, quote my dear brother, Dr. Al Espinosa, who is a champion out in California for um, this Court of Three Strands, which uh, is is an inextricably, inextricably linked marriage, life, and family. And, um, you know, he would say that if there's a problem going on in somebody's life, it's because it was most likely in that home. Uh, marriage, life, and family. And we're kind of losing the battle in, in our secular culture on marriage, life, and family. Um, why Christians can't raise their own children in the Christian faith, right? Um, we, we've been there. We've done that. Uh, we, we just, uh, you know, we stopped reading the Bible as a family. We stopped praying as a family. We, um, we just went someplace to church, and then dad and mom functionally did nothing to support the faith in their own home. Um, we got used to that. We thought that was what we should do. Um, and now we realize we're broken. We're busted. We have an opportunity to reverse that. And I, I'm um, oddly that you've asked that. I am um, studying the Pastor Peter Bender's uh, Lutheran Catechesis stuff right now, which he encourages this congregation at prayer resource. Um, and so, you know, we, we've had... Um, a lot of people have gotten ingrained, taught, baptized, confirmed here, and you know the Lord continues to build things up here. But one of the things that we have not done is in a kind of a uniform, um, orderly format, 
have the word, uh, you know, develop this culture of the word of the Lord and the hearing of the word of the Lord and prayer in the home. You know, we encourage family devotions. You know, we do things like that. But um, we're, as a congregation, we're going to figure out in fall how to um, have this daily pattern of hearing the word and the prayer. So heads of the family, most of them who have never seen a Christian man in their entire life um, do what he's supposed to do, they get to start exercising their muscles and start um, doing um, something that's unusual to them, but resetting broken bones and breaking cycles of, um, you know, basically not functioning as Christian husbands and fathers, et cetera, in the home. So that's that's where we are. It is the, it's an enormous target. But if you know, we we're all about going after the lost one. You better believe it all day long. Jesus leaves the ninety nine to go after the lost, but he also loves those ninety nine. He, um. Why would we not train the 99 all day long? You got them all day long. Don't play games with the 99. Uh, teach them lifelong uh, catechesis in the scriptures, lifelong non-negotiable discipleship in our Lord's words. Um, train them, and then they've got their eyes open for other lost ones out there. So it's a both and, and there's no reason why we should... Um, just do this one thing and not do this. There's no reason we should just do this one thing and forget about the lost one. Um, we don't have to do that to ourselves. We, we have to get used to doing both. So I guess, I, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. But uh, yeah. the, the marriage, life, and family, if we do not engage there, um, we, we will lose this land war in Asia. It's true, yeah. So let's switch and talk a little bit more about the local context, especially let's say you've got uh, a friend coming into town. What hidden gems or not so hidden gems would you recommend they check out? Things to do, a place to eat, that kind of thing. Uh, well, um, we've got a lot of, uh, I guess, good uh, local restaurants around here. The best restaurant that we found uh, bang for the buck and great food is a place called Los Rios. Great Mexican food, great service, efficient, um, ridiculously low prices, ridiculously good food. So they're Los there. Rios? All right. You cannot, cannot lose. You cannot lose. Um, and we've got we've got six kids, so we don't eat out very often. We have uh, if somebody gives us a gift card, yay, uh, that's awesome. But generally, we're um, we're eating at what we call the Dragon Mellow Cafe. Um, but that's a, that's a gem right there. Um, we would probably try to take them to someplace like Amicalola Falls, which is a beautiful waterfall up near Dahlonega, Georgia, about an hour north of here. Great hike, um, a fantastic view. And, uh, you know, if, if they were going to be here just for the weekend, we'd do something like that. Um, the Civil Rights Museum is about an hour into the city south. This is something that, you know, Atlanta has. And uh, Atlanta really has been a good, um, a great city historically um, for helping educate people about the, the beauty of being in this country and uh, living as free people. Um, and uh, we've got a great mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms in Atlanta, who... Um, you know, I think really helps to promote 
just a, a healthy, healthy uh, city atmosphere as best as uh, as we can. And, and uh, you know, the urban setting gets kind of interesting, um, you know, but uh, we've, we've had the, the, the protest um, you know, recently um, and our mayor handled um, situations where people went too far with the protest. She handled it very well. So there's so much great stuff that's going on in Atlanta. You got the Braves, you got um, the Falcons. Um, so you got great sports things that they could go to. Um, but uh, they're, you know, uh, one of the um, things that uh, people do become aware of in our county is that it is the uh, former headquarters of the KKK, hmm. if you believe it. And so there's a residue of that stuff around here, too. Hmm. I see. And uh, so we thankfully have been given a role to <clears throat> see God's uh, entire redeemed people come together. Um, you know, all, all the people of the bloodline of the Lion of Judah. Uh, and uh, so we've got people from all over the place, all over the world. Um but um, there is a history of, of racism in this county, and we have seen its effects. Um, and uh, so probably like one out of four, you know, if I go into some of the trailers or homes, you know, um, around North Georgia, there, there's a, a residue of a, a lot of uh, baggage. I see. Well, we're coming up on the end of the hour, and I want to make sure that I give you the time to tell our listeners about any places that you would like to send them uh, places to follow you online, your church's website, where would you like to send our listeners? Um, I, I would send them to our, our, our website, livingfaithlutheran.com. Um, I would also have them check out our, uh, our adult catechumenate that we run year long. And it's, uh, it's wrapped around the one year historic lectionary. They can find that on the website. And, uh, Basically, we're, we're just pulling people into the, the narrative of our Lord Jesus Christ um, and strengthening in, uh, them in that. And in the, our culture of whitewater change and everybody's got um, shortened stories and soundbite theology, this allows people to grow up into the, uh, you know, the, the life and the, and the narrative of, of God for sinners and the grace of Christ. So that is a... A definite thing that we bring to the table. It's a uh, it's a pretty pretty cool thing. Um, we also, I mean, I with another guy, Joe Scarpacci, lead a um, mission planting network uh, from our confessional Lutheran perspective, the the Kairos Network, um, and that's uh, the Kairos Network dot org. People can look at that. Now that's this is a Georgia thing. This is our Georgia circuit our North Georgia circuit here, and we all work together to, you know, plant Word and Sacrament churches. Um, and so we do view it as our role to, to bring the gospel to the people around us. Um, we just don't say, hey, there's already 100 churches over there. Uh, you know, we don't care. That's we, we, we have our own role to play, and so we see it as our role to to set up the next altar when, when God uh, provides us that opportunity. So there's that. Thinking. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Oh, I just, uh, I just would say thank you for, um, you know, just doing something that, uh, helps us to understand the importance of staying faithful to, uh, God's word and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of the content. I think as you do your thing, you're going to find that everybody has different uh, versions of a problem that is as thick as the sinful condition. They have different versions of the problem. I mean, I mentioned some that are uh, that we deal with. You've got your own problems uh, in the, the Northwest that are that are you know they're they're from the same tree, but they're different manifestations. But I think you're going to find that the the thing that we're all come back to is the same solution the gospel of Jesus and applaud what you're doing. I think it's worthwhile. It's great. Uh, and I, I pray that a lot of people tune in. Thank you. God's peace. God's peace, brother. Good talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Lutheran cartographer for more about the things that we talked about today. Check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 30. I encourage you to check out something new on my website, a little weekend project that I'm very happy with. If you go to lutherancartographer.com slash map, you'll be able to see a map with all the locations of the different episodes that we've recorded. Really happy with that. Really excited to see that. So go to lutherancartographer.com slash map to check that out. And if you're interested in that Audible offer to get that free audiobook, I encourage you to go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to also check that out. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.